We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. I remember December 11, 2014, like it was yesterday. Paul and I had been communicating online for quite a while, and now it was time to close the chapter on my mission's work in India and return to my home in the U.S. Paul would be waiting at the airport to greet me for the first time face-to-face. When the time finally arrived to deplane, I had butterflies in my stomach. While Paul and I had shared several heartfelt conversations about my disability, and he'd often assured me he could be comfortable with it, I still couldn't help but wonder whether seeing the challenges in person would dissuade this wonderful man who'd become my dearest and best friend from sticking with me. Any of you who know Paul personally would attest he's a loyal friend and very easygoing. It was no different when he and I met that day. His friendly, accepting, and laid-back personality immediately put me at ease. Tabitha's unsinkable spirit made it easy for me to see her more than her disability. Upon leaving India, I realized she had been facing new health challenges. Unbeknownst to me at the time, though, she had two seizures on the flight home. Post-seizure, in Tabitha's case, usually results in drowsiness, among many other symptoms. In the 30-minute ride from the airport to her parents' home was a quiet one. L.M. Montgomery once said, If you can sit in silence with a person for half an hour and yet be entirely comfortable, you and that person can be friends. If you cannot, friends you'll never be. (laughs) Yes, there's truth to that. I'm glad to say, even though our first minutes together were quiet, it was special, and we were remarkably comfortable. We'd love to share with you the incredible ways God had been preparing our hearts for each other, even before we'd met. And those stories may come another day. For now, we'll jump ahead nearly one year later. November 2015, we tied the knot. Second to the day Jesus saved me, it was the happiest of my life. And over the past six years, our love for each other has only deepened. A relationship like Tabitha's and mine is sometimes called inter-ewald marriage, which simply means one spouse has a disability and the other doesn't. The term inter-ewald can also indicate the two partners have two different disabilities. In the early months of our engagement and then into our marriage, Tabitha delighted in preparing meals and having dinner on the table for me by the time I got home. But it wasn't long before we saw her disease, muscular dystrophy, progress even further. She soon lost the ability to stand and walk. Later, her upper body strength was impacted in greater degrees, making it impossible for her to raise her arms. We realized it would no longer be possible for her to work and that full-time assistance was needed. As a husband who dearly loves his wife and wants to keep her safe from all kinds of harm, both physical and spiritual, I chose to become her sole caregiver. 
Since starting Broken Vessels Hidden Treasures, we've been asked numerous questions about building friendships and ministry with people who have disabilities. Here's a big shout out to all of you in our audience, by the way. We love hearing your stories and receiving your questions. Praise God for the hearts you have. Perhaps one of the more thought-provoking questions we've received is, how do you balance caregiving with being a spouse? Neither of us claim to have the perfect answer, but the Lord is teaching us a lot. Whether you are an individual involved in the disability ministry, or an enabled couple, or a Christian spouse seeking to honor Jesus in your marriage, we pray you will be inspired and encouraged as we share what we've learned through your spousal caregiving and marriage. Before we dive into the discussion of balancing caregiving and marriage, it helps to have an understanding of what makes spousal caregiving unique. Caregiving comes in a variety of forms. The United States federal government has divided caregivers into three categories. General caregivers, that is, strangers appointed by home care agencies to take care of an individual with a disability. Two, family caregivers. That could be, for example, a grown child looking after an aging parent or an aunt meeting the needs of a niece with a disability or any other family arrangement. Third, spousal caregivers. That is, a marriage partner providing assistance for his or her spouse. According to a study by the AARP in 2014, one in five caregivers are spousal. Spousal caregivers face tactical challenges that are unique to them. When a caregiver is your significant other, the arrangement takes on additional layers of challenges and emotions. It need not be said that both marriage and caregiving take hard work. Certain research has revealed that spousal caregivers are at greater risk for becoming socially isolated, depressed, or taking large financial hits. We can't give a good explanation to why family caregivers and spousal caregivers have been split into separate categories, but what we can tell you is these three categories affect the hours and pay and vary state to state. This same study by the AARP found spousal caregivers are often in a more difficult situation than family caregivers. In large part, this disparity is because it's often seen as the spouse's, quote, duty to care for his or her significant other. As a result, they often do not receive the same gratitude or support other caregivers might enjoy. In addition, many states across the U.S. choose to pay the spouses less than other caregivers. Regardless of the disability, other states will not permit the spouse to be paid at all. As of 2020, only 19 out of the 50 states permit paid spousal caregiving. Someone in our audience shared a moving story of his grandparents. To preserve their privacy, as we share their account, we'll change the names and illness. Annie and Wyatt have been married for almost 45 years, raising children together and facing the storms and triumphs of life together. Now at 70 years old, Annie has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. While Annie has always seen to it, Wyatt has a beautiful home, clean clothes, and good food to eat, and plenty of love. Her role is now going to shift. She will require assistance walking, getting dressed, and even eating when her tremors are getting worse. Wyatt adores his wife as much as he did the day he married her. 
he wants to make sure she receives the most consistent, safe, and loving care possible. He realizes he lives in one of the 31 states which do not pay for spousal caregiving. So he chooses to divorce her on paper in order to remain her sole protector and caregiver while bringing in necessary income. Situations like these are painful to hear about. Another example of discrepancy within the spousal caregiver community was shared in a short documentary put out by the Washington Post. If you can spare a few minutes to watch, this interabled couple's stories will give you a much deeper and visual understanding of the challenges that are faced. We'll include the link of that in our show notes on our website. Tabitha and I are so thankful that up to this point, I've been a paid spousal caregiver and thus able to keep her safe and put food on the table. Our hearts ache for many spousal caregivers who are, in a sense, punished and discriminated against simply because of their marital status. Two years ago, we began meeting with state legislatures and congressmen seeking change for spousal caregivers. Those efforts are still underway, and God has been kind to put people in our path who support our efforts and have gone to some lengths to keep us moving forward. We are really hopeful legislative changes will take place for the better. For those of you who want to encourage the caregivers in your church, being aware of the challenges they face certainly helps. Keep them in prayer. Maybe you haven't seen them in church for a while. Give them a call. Offer to bring a meal or to mow the lawn. Let them know they are not alone. And if you're interested in advocating, send us a message and we'll answer your questions on what can be done. So how do we find a healthy balance between caregiving and marriage? It begins with following what Christ said for me to do as a husband. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Like many other caregivers, my duties include the hands-on assistance with the activities of daily living, like dressing, grooming, toileting, transportation to doctor's appointments, meal preparation. Obviously, those essential tasks matter greatly, but I've learned not to become entirely consumed with the care aspect, because equally, if not more important, is to remember what Jesus requires of me as a husband. To the best of my ability, I perform those tasks efficiently. Then I set aside time to focus on our relationship and spiritual well-being. While I often pray for a miracle at Tabitha's health, that the progression would slow or that treatment would be discovered to alleviate her pain, I pray more that Christ would enable me to love her as he loves her. Loving her includes pointing her to our Savior, whether that's by word or by actions. Loving her means displaying tenderness, rejoicing with her through the, her successes and weeping with her through her losses. It's okay to express your fears and heartaches over disability. Loving her means nourishing and growing our romance. Because of Christ, my roles as a caregiver and husband are not insurmountable. I would encourage my fellow spousal caregivers to make date nights a priority. Consider the things you and your spouse love to do together and carve out time to have fun. Fun for Tabitha and I means taking long strolls by the lake, listening to audiobooks together, or snuggling on the couch and watching a good movie. Whatever makes you and your spouse smile, don't put that on the back burner. Cherish the time you have together. Another tip for staying balanced is remember you're a team. 
Christ put it as one flesh. He gives husband and wives different but overlapping tasks. One leads, but they both pull together as a team, according to Christ's will. Place your significant other's needs before your own. Respect, submit, and forgive each other. When husbands and wives lean on the Lord and tackle illness together, it becomes much easier to have a positive outlook and the relationship grows stronger. In the providence of God, no one and nothing can overcome your marriage. In the first year of our marriage, when my disease seemed to be progressing at a terrifying pace and my migraines were increasing, Paul refused to give up until we had answers and help. To a certain degree, he had understood what my weak physical condition was like before we said, I do. But obviously it became different for him once he began to see up close every single day how that weakness impacts my life. He went online and read studies and talked with several doctors simply to better understand and prepare for the difficulties that were ahead. He showed me, through his actions, I was not on my own in this journey. When a specialist recommended the ketogenic diet for the sake of my health, Paul went to great lengths to learn all the ins and outs of that diet, and he became the best chef. Knowing my love for meal planning and preparation, he came up with new creative ways for me to remain included in the process. Just remember that no matter what your abilities or inabilities may be, God designed you perfectly to be a team. Lastly, surround yourself with godly and supportive people. Grief is not only a reaction to death. When you care for someone with a progressive illness, you grieve the loss of your loved one's abilities and the changes of normality. So loneliness commonly accompanies that grief. To have this condition with Marison deficient muscular dystrophy is incredibly rare. We have yet to find support from a muscular dystrophy community. However, we are blessed and grateful to have wonderful church family who is not only understanding and accepting of our situation, but also alert to our challenges. They're often quick to rush to our aid even before we vest. As a spousal caregiver, don't be afraid or embarrassed to talk with Christian friends about your challenges. Guilt can prevent spousal caregivers from asking for help that might be readily available. Don't hesitate to reach out to friends or family to pitch in when it's needed, even if it's just to run simple errand. Those quick breaks can help restore you. Let them know how they can pray for you. And to the best of your ability, be a part of your local Bible-believing church. Becoming balanced is not easy. It takes consistent communication, education, prayer, trial and error, and support from God's people. I expect our own learning process will go on as Tabitha's condition evolves. Take courage and never give up, spousal caregivers. God will equip and strengthen you to be that Christ-honoring spouse. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. 
You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.